I think a new team has arrived in the AFC West, and their name is the Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah. Herbert stops, launches deep. Jalen Guyton, he's got it. Herbert fires open, making the grab. Mike Williams down the sideline. 17-yard line, look out again. Carr, intercepted. Welcome back to the Shock Therapy Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Lawrence, with my co-host, Zach Alford. Zach, how are you doing, man? I'm doing good, you know. Um, gone through some just personal stuff, but uh, happy that the Chargers are officially in the playoffs for the first time in Justin Herbert's career, first time in Brandon Staley's head coaching career. Um, very, very excited. I think there's only two people on this team right now on the chargers that have playoff experience in Keenan Allen and Joey Bosa, uh, Joey Bosa returned to practice. So I- I'm stoked. We're, we're going to get some meaningful football here in January and I couldn't be more excited for it. It's the first time the chargers have made the playoffs since 2018. And it's the earliest that they've made the playoffs since their I want to say their 14 and two season back in 2009, yeah. 2010. So being able to go and clinch, is huge, but being able to clinch with this remaining two games is even bigger because I think it gives you an opportunity to kind of play with your roster a little bit and figure some things out. Uh, one of the things I actually want to talk about, uh, so we're going to be getting Joey Bosa. Joey Bosa's back at practice, which is huge, probably putting him on a snap count, which is probably the right way to kind of bring him in. But there's also an opportunity where we may be getting Rayshon Slater back. And that makes me wonder, and I kind of want to get your thoughts on this, at potentially sitting Matt Filer, moving Storm Norton out to left tackle, moving Jamari Sawyer to left guard, because when one it does a couple things. One, Matt Filer uh, gets him a little more healthy. Um, He's not on the injury report or anything like that, but he has not played well, and it's to keep him fresh. But if we do bring back Rayshon Slater, what are your thoughts about moving Sawyer back to guard uh, during the playoffs? See how he plays over these next two games and potentially keeping your left guard fresh, putting some more players on more of a snap count as a roster as a whole. But the, the one I'm keying in on is I feel like with how bad Matt Filer has played really inconsistent throughout the whole season, uh, one of the worst graded offensive guards in the NFL right now, uh, I might be willing to see how Sawyer plays at left guard over these next two games. Yeah, that's interesting because, I mean, it's a a position where it's not just one guy, right? Matt Feiler's struggles are mostly on him, but uh, the injuries to his center, Corey Lindsley, and Will Clapp back and forth, um, having Rayshon Slater – at the beginning of the year, having now like that, it's all about chemistry up front. And so 
I like the idea because I think Sawyer is a better player right now. Um, but you went out and got Matt Filer for a reason. He's a veteran. He's been through it before, been through the ringer, knows what it takes to play football in January when it's cold, when it means something. Um, so I, I, I don't, I'm not opposed to it in the regular season for these last two games that really don't much matter. We're really just jockeying for a starting position. But I, honestly, every team in the AFC is so good. I don't really think you can really play matchups at this point. I think we're happy to be here um, and we want more. So I, I don't know. That, that, that's a tough one because I think you want to start building chemistry, but you also want to keep people fresh. So it, it's a it's a tough type of, you know, I wouldn't say predicament, but it, it's a weird spot to be in this late in the year when you're trying to build chemistry for that unit who hasn't been at full strength all year. And the unit that, that is your best unit right now um, is probably not, you got, you have guys like Sawyer who are playing left tackle where they're not, that's not really his natural position. Obviously you want Rayshon Slater back. Um, we still haven't, he's still on IR. We don't really have a good feel for when he is going to come back. Um, but I do like the idea of resting Sawyer arresting filer getting sawyer some looks at guard as long as storm norton can hold his own because herbert's been taking a lot of hits i don't think we could ask to him to do much more than he's doing right now which is performing at nothing less than an mvp caliber type of, of level he, he's really putting this team on his back so i don't know if you could ask much more of justin herbert um but if storm wants to come in and, and play good football um i'm all for it but i i think you got to be really really I don't know. I, I you think gotta be hesitant, you, right? You got to protect your quarterback it's because the tough. worst possible thing that could happen is Justin Herbert getting injured. Right. That, but in, in addition to that, I'm looking at getting rotations at every position group. Uh, so one of those players yeah. being JT Woods, right? JT Woods hasn't played, played like 30 snaps all season. Derwin James has a concussion. Um, he did. He was limited on Thursday. And I do want to get into the Colts game. I, I just kind of want to talk about this because I think it's important knowing that these next two games are not important. We're in the playoffs yeah. regardless. And whether we're a fifth seed or whether we're the seventh seed, we're in the playoffs regardless. So it doesn't really matter all that much. And I'm looking at getting guys game reps because, one, they may be called upon, right? JT mm -hmm. Woods hasn't played almost all season. I think he's going to have an opportunity to potentially play uh, if German James has not cleared concussion protocols. He was a limited participant at practice on Thursday. Uh, I'm looking at uh, Joey Bosa getting some snaps, but being on a snap count, getting him back in the rhythm. I'm also looking for guys like Austin Eckler to take less hits. Um, so potentially getting our rookie fourth round draft pick, some snaps. Um, I'm looking at just across the board, keeping guys fresh, not taking your foot off the gas necessarily. And I think that yeah. we have a lot of work to do over these next two games because there's a lot of things still out of sync. Uh, the yeah. offensive line's been given up a bunch of pressures. Uh, the play calling has still been an issue. Um, but at the same time, now that we're getting guys back healthy, let's keep them healthy. Let's let some of our backups get some snaps, uh, some real game experience, which could become important when playoffs happen and then the injuries occur there because if Derwin James goes down, right, we, we have to be able to count on JT Woods to play something. Um, yeah. We have to, there's just a lot of, a lot of guys. We lose Austin Eckler. That would be such a huge blow to the chargers. 
Right. Yeah. It'll be interesting because I, I, I hear, I hear you. I, I think you make a good points. You want to be as fresh as possible, but you also don't want to just put bodies out there just to have them. Cause you, you, you want at the end of the, the, the perfect world, we win these two games. We're on a five game winning streak. We go in red hot, one of the hottest teams in the AFC into the playoffs. Like that's what we want. Now I hear you. You don't want to all of those guys playing 40 plus snaps. Um, in an overtime game like that's something we don't want so maybe then you you I, i'm okay with switching here and then as long as we are competitive in the game itself it, it starts sunday and you, you also need to finish with your division rival in the broncos who played us really well earlier in the season obviously they're a lot banged more banged up now no don't have a, a franchise quarterback at their disposal um so as long as we can be competitive i'm all right with giving guys breaks but as soon as we get if it's a two-score deficit, I'm going back full strength um, to build that momentum with the guys who are going to play. Now, I think you make some good points. I want to be fresh. I just don't think Staley is going to see it like that. I think he's going to want – and I don't think you're going to get all of those rotations all at the same time. Maybe a game here, maybe a quarter here, but not all at the same time, if that makes sense. Well – Playoffs is going to be a challenge for the Chargers Absolutely. because they do hold the sixth seed. And if you look at places where they potentially be playing in January, you're looking oh, yeah. at Buffalo, Kansas City, Cincinnati, Baltimore, all cold places to play. And the Chargers being a warm weather team and the only other teams really in the hunt, you got Jacksonville, that's a warm weather area. Miami, that's warm weather. Uh, the Patriots and the Jets have a chance as well as the Steelers. But overall, Wherever we play, it's going to be cold in, in January. Um, Buffalo, Buffalo, especially because I think that their airport is down right now. So it would be an extra <laughs> long trip anyway. The whole we had to fly somewhere is... else and then bus up or something. I don't know how they'd figure that one out. But uh, last time I, I tried to fly over the weekend and um, I'm pretty sure as of right now that the Buffalo airport is completely locked down. <laughs> the whole north northeast is all locked down. That entire place has been beat up with storms. It's cold. But let's bring the no place, no place gets snow like Buffalo. No, no. Uh, but let's bring some tropical storms. I'm ready for it. Let, let, it's Charger season now, and I I can't. I'm so excited. Should we talk about this well, Colts game a little bit? Yeah, let's talk about this Colts game. Uh, I wouldn't say it was a complete game overall, but no. I mean the Chargers keeping the Colts down to three points was huge. They're still struggling in the red zone, which I think is the biggest issue with the Chargers right now. Special teams unit is on point. Uh, Justin Herbert didn't throw a touchdown again. Um, had the one interception. Potentially could have had two. Took four sacks. But overall, 24 of 31 for 235 yards. Uh, they were efficient on offense. They they were able to move the ball. They just couldn't score when they were getting into, into the red zone, which has been plaguing them week in and week out. Now, yeah, talking about the red zone, I, I will say one thing. When we're in that, like, gray area, like that, that 40 to 20, very, very bad. But once you get into that 20-yard, 10-yard zone, the last three games, or the last two games, um, against the Titans, we, we got down there twice. We ran eight rushing plays. We scored twice. This time, we got into the ten, within the 10-yard line once. We ran four rushing plays. We scored. Our run game is not very good, but down in the red zone, when you have 10 yards to gain or a touchdown, like it's a touchdown or a field goal down there, 
running the ball is so important. And the Chargers have been able to figure it out. I don't know why, but they've won 12 plays, all rushing plays, within 10 yards and goal to go, and, and they've scored. So maybe that's something that we can lean on, yeah. Lean on, build up. Um, it also, I, I think it's going to help having a 6-7 parham up and healthy in that red zone with a full Keenan Allen, with a healthy Mike Williams. Those guys are our red zone threats, which we haven't really been using uh, because we found this. It's almost as if teams aren't even expecting it because we are so bad at running the football everywhere else on the field. But for whatever reason, these last two trips, these last three trips into the 10 yard line, uh, we've been able to run the ball effectively. So hopefully that's something that we can continue into the playoffs because you're going to need touchdowns in the playoffs. You can't settle for field goals um, trying to beat teams like the Bills, the Bengals, the Chiefs. It's not going to happen. It's just sad because we only scored 20 points. How many times did we get in the red oh, zone? Man. Did you see? Four times. Four times we scored twice. And then, like you said, leaning on the run game in that part of the field has been super efficient. Justin Herbert's been protecting the ball for the most part in that area of the the season, minus the Chiefs game that was returned for a touchdown that ultimately yeah, led to their brutal. loss. But I don't think we're having problems moving the ball. Uh, Keenan Allen was on fire. His best game of the season, 11 receptions, 140 yards, 11 on 14 targets. So he was a, a target monster. Okay. No other yeah. player had over five targets that game. And Allen was just able to find the weak spots in between the zones. Uh, Mike Williams has been still a really good deep threat, uh, really good on the the uh, hitches, the, the comeback routes, stuff like that. But it was nice seeing Keenan Allen just – have the game of his season in in that game. I want to see it against better teams though. Yeah. Got to see it against better teams. Yeah. I think it'll come though. Um, I mean, 17 first downs, eight for 18 on third down efficiency. We converted our only fourth down attempt. Uh, And then the way we're picking up those, those, first downs i said 17 first downs 10 of them were through the air seven of them were on the ground and so yeah maybe we're not having the most efficient uh run games on a run per carry basis but we're efficient in the red zone and when we need a couple yards we're getting it so uh, you you got to look at the positives here and i i think i think those are, are all positives that you can build on especially with this offensive line who's who's struggling as of late uh, something else that was kind of interesting that I saw. So Keenan Allen played out wide almost as much as he played out in the slot. 17 snaps from the slot, uh, 15 from out wide. So they're moving him around quite a bit. Um, a lot of a lot of it's going to be in motion. They like the motion Keenan Allen quite a bit, but he's been super super effective overall um, wherever he's been lining up in that game. I, like I said though, I need to see it against better teams. We're not going to get it these next two weeks. Maybe Denver because their defense is so strong, but the, the Chargers got to find a way to put up more than than 20 points against a Colts team that is really struggling over across the roster. And I mean, they're going to go and play the Rams. The Rams were a Super Bowl caliber team last season. Things haven't gone the way this year. Um, I, I just I need to see more defensively. Drew Tranquil had 11 tackles. He had a sack. He's been playing on fire. Um, I'm really nervous that we're not going to be able to keep him in the offseason. He's coming back. Don't just... put that out. He's coming back. If he's not coming back, we're going to get Kaiser White. 
we, it's happening. <laughs> we need it. We need. Yeah, I, I love I love Kel, I love uh, Kenneth Murray, but he is not the caliber of player that Drew Tranquil is. Drew Tranquil is is playing at an All Pro level. Um, you you can't turn the strength of your team into a weakness. You got to go out and sign that guy. Whatever he needs, whatever it takes, bring him back because he's been uh, a very very important piece of this this dominant defense we've seen these last three weeks. He just needs to limit the missed tackles. <laughs> sure. That's that's his biggest thing right now. He's got 22 missed tackles on the season, but he's been such an important role, especially since he started wearing the green dot on defense. He's been cl- calling the plays. He's playing all over the field. But, I mean, he's got one, two, three, four, five, six games with at least two missed tackles this season. Um, he's in position. He just seems to just miss it a little too often. But yeah. he's been really, really good in coverage as well. Um, he's allowed 38 receptions for 48 yards. But on those 38 receptions, uh, 335 total yards given up. So he's for the most part, is keeping everything in front of him. Um, I really like Drew Tranquil. I really hope we're able to bring him back this season. Well, and you just mentioned a little bit about his versatility. He's also uh, – Third on the team with with in sacks, so he can rush the passer. He can stop the run. He's our leading tackler right now, and he's a, a good our best coverage linebacker. Like that, well, he does so I much. He, he does he does it all, and maybe that's part of the reason that he's now you're putting the green dot on him halfway through the season or early on in the season. But he wasn't yeah, on was plays in, in in through training camp. So there's a lot. He's a young player too, so there's a lot you're asking him to do. Um, I think he's going to figure it out. I think he's great. I think those missed tackles will start to reduce once you kind of final, once he kind of gets in, in comfortable with the million things that Staley's asking him to do. Because this is a, a complex, a complex defense, and I think what you're seeing is guys are starting to familiarize themselves with it and lock in on, on what they're supposed to do. Another guy who had a tremendous game was Michael Davis. Three pass deflections, seven total tackles. Um, another guy who is becoming a an all star in this in this type of defense. I love it. What do you think about the Derwin James boomstick? <laughs> I I was up and when it first happened, I was on my feet. We call I call those woo hits, and I was wooing. I was I was super pumped, and then I saw it slowed down. I I saw him wobbly. Um, so I, yeah. I'm okay with the concussion protocol. I'm not so, I don't really understand the ejection. I, I get that he was taunting the play before and the rule for ejection is, is, is a combo of foul words being said and what is it? Dangerous types of hits. So it's like a one, two punch right after each other. I... No, I, I I like the concussion protocol. He was wobbly. Get him off the field. Don't let him play anymore because of, of the, just the concussion part. But as far as the illegal hit stuff, if that's what we're calling illegal hit, that's fine. But then we got to be consistent because I see guys get hit like this all the time. Um, nothing called, not even a flag. So if, if this is what the NFL wants to be deemed as a necessary roughness, um, hits that are not safe for players, defenders, or uh, offensive players, then that's fine. But you got to be consistent. And I have not seen the consistency in that play being called. Yes, it was violent, but not everything violent is illegal. I, I thought I thought the, the dangerous part was that he got lit up. 
So um, I, I'm okay with it if they can continue to call that every time. But from what I've seen, it was a, a kind of a targeted call, I think, to make this game more competitive um, than it should have been. And, I mean, it was only 10-3 to 3 at halftime. Um, I, I thought it should have been a blowout before. We are kind of building momentum. That kind of really drained us. Uh, but so that's kind of my thoughts on it. If, if they want to call it that, just be consistent with it. Well, the fault of that play was actually Nick Foles. <laughs> Nick Foles. Yeah, he would never thrown that. Yeah, and I love Brandon Staley in the press conference. He was like, that's their fault, not ours. But And it was. It totally was. If you don't want players to get lit up, don't put them in situations to get lit up. Yeah. You know, like I, I said something about um, – I forgot what exactly I said. I said uh, if you don't want to get hit by a truck, don't push somebody in front of a truck. <laughs> like, like, yeah. Because that's exactly what ended up happening. Like he got lit up because Nick Foles just left him out to dry. Like you can't throw that ball. And, no. and then you can't get mad at the player when he, the player makes the play, right? Granted, right. his head was down. Derwin James' head was down. He might have been leading with his shoulder. It wasn't helmet-to-helmet contact initially. No. Some of those boom-boom plays, it's just it's going to happen, right? Uh, but I don't feel like it was intentional. Uh, I think Derwin James is just being Derwin James, and that's what he does. He lays people out. <laughs> he reminds me of Thad Castle. <laughs> <laughs> That was a hit. I mean, um, and I'm just I'm just thankful that both guys got to walk away from it. I think that's the biggest thing. And it's not super it's not something I think we need to talk much about because either way, Derwin wasn't gonna play the rest of that game because he got himself a little minor concussion. Now, hopefully that is just a minor concussion. He's no longer showing symptoms and he could play again this week because we need him to build up that game endurance. Um, but yeah, I I thought it. I thought it was just a violent hit in in a violent sport. Um, I I I always call it when they call unnecessary roughness. I always jokingly just call it unnecessary football on the football player, like kind of what you're talking about. If you don't want football players to play football, well then let's go all go play soccer or something that's not as physical um, all the time. So that, that's kind of how it's not flag football. It. It's tackle. Football. It's not flag football. No, no. And now, yeah. All right, say we're and we're gonna play flag football in the Pro Bowl. So just just wait. If you want flag football, wait until in a couple weeks. We're gonna get it for you. Uh, right now we're playing tackle football, and this is and guys, what what was that? The energy was there. Was was a we had a playoff focus, right? This was a playoff game for us, and we came out with that focus. They weren't ready for it. That's not our fault. Sheath underwear makes the most comfortable boxer briefs I've ever worn. If you're sick of boxers that are too loose or briefs that are too tight, Sheath is for you. The most comfortable boxer briefs you'll ever put on your body. You see, their stretchy fabric is made out of a moisture-wicking technology. They're super soft, keep everything cool and comfortable, and right in place. Sheath is particularly useful for staying cool while working out. Now, the most unique thing about Sheath underwear is that they have these dual pouches that keep your man parts separated, which prevents things from sticking together, keeps them right where they need to be. They'll be the most comfortable pair of boxer briefs you've ever won in your life. Plus, they have brand new materials like bamboo and mesh for even more cooling comfort. Go to sheathunderwear.com and get the most comfortable underwear you've ever worn. And if you use promo code IHEART, you'll also get 20% off your order. That's sheathunderwear.com. Promo code IHEART for 20% off your order. Sheathunderwear.com. Promo code IHEART. Yeah. The Chargers did have three interceptions. Um, Michael Davis was kind of a give me. Uh, Derwin James and Asante Samuels, those were playmakers. Derwin well, James. Under- 
undercutting. Don't don't say the Michael Davis was a gimme. It was a horrible throw, but Michael Davis had cover two. He was deep, and he came off of that. He read it perfectly. So I I I'm still. Oh, he read it perfectly. It was a it was a missed thrown ball. Ultimately, what came down to. I got you. He he closed on it. Uh, He was in cover three. He was in his deep third part of the field, uh, and he was so deep, and that ball was thrown so far away that it it was a gimme, right? It wasn't like close coverage coming like making an outside play the way Asante Samuels was, right? Sure. Uh, Santi Samuel was awesome because oh, man. he was in cover two and he broke back and intercepted the ball on a crosser coming back the opposite way, which was just phenomenal football intelligence. Uh, Derwin James on that out route. I mean, uh, why you, Nick Foles why had a really rough game. <laughs> Nick Foles needs to be done. There's a career backup. I, I can't believe that this guy won a uh, Super Bowl. Um but I guess that's what, you know, when you have an elite defense, I guess you can get away with mediocre uh, quarterback play. And that's what Nick Foles is at this point. Cause, and not even mediocre. He was just bad. He made some he horrible was. throws. And so really he was bad... under pressure a lot, too. 23 yeah, total pressures. He was sacked three times. Who all sacked him? Let's see. It was seven times. Oh, he was sacked seven times. You're right. Morgan Fox got two. Kenneth Murray got one. Chris Rump got one. Drew Tranquil got one. Kyle Van Noy. And Khalil Mack. So I think that's the most sacks the Chargers have had in a single game in forever. This game, oh, yeah. so many players made so much money this offseason just for, for the number of sacks that the Chargers ended up adding to their total for the year. Yeah, it was a sack party. Uh, and, and some of those were just really bad, like bad ones on Nick. Like, get out of the pocket, throw it away. And he was just, he did not want to be there. Uh, but they, you kind of have to feel... You almost feel sorry for him, but he gets paid millions of dollars. So, you know what? I I would get sacked seven times for millions of dollars. So, And then the last player I want to talk about, you touched him on a little bit, Kenneth Murray. Kenneth Murray was all over the field making huge – had his probably best game of the year. Uh, he ended up having four stops, uh, stops being plays that result in a negative play for the offense. Uh, that the, the Chargers' run defense came alive. Granted, this is not against – Jonathan Taylor. It's against Zach Moths. But man, Kenneth Murray, this season, <laughs> it's his only PFF graded high game this season, that in Miami. So he's coming in at the end of the season, playing much better than he was at the start of the season. I think he's played well overall, but this was like a game that really built some confidence for him. Um, how many tackles did he had? Six tackles against Miami, and then. He had five tackles against Tennessee, and then, uh, yeah, he was just all over the field. So, like, he's coming in at the right time. Uh, in the event Drew Drinkle's not back, how comfortable are you with Kenneth Murray kind of taking over that role? Uh, well, it's one of those things. I think he can get it eventually. Um, I think he's a great player. He's just not the coverage guy or the blitzer that Drew is. And so – I think as in a traditional off the ball linebacker sense, um, not so much like the, the traditional things, stopping the run, um, like at just a run stopper. I, I'm okay with it's the other things, the coverage he's lacking and he's not the versatile blitzer that Drew Tranquil is. Um, now I, I, I hope he can get there. I just haven't seen it. He hasn't been asked a lot to do it a lot because you have Drew Tranquil to lean on. Um, but, and because of those reasons, because he's still learning, because he's still growing, 
I think you need to you absolutely need to bring Drew Tranquil back uh, because then you have a blaring hole in that middle of the defense, which just adds a lot of pressure to everybody else. And they already in this defense, everybody has so much let's ask of them. Um, I, I don't think you can ask them to overcome uh, a, an insufficient piece of the puzzle. Um, and I think that's it would be an insufficient piece if you let Tranquil go at this point. Any, any closing remarks on this uh, Chargers-Colts game? I just think um, the one thing I wanted to say, thank goodness that this defense is playing the way it is because we would, I, with the way this offense is struggling these last three weeks, uh, we would not be a playoff team. But this defense has went from one of the worst units overall through these last three weeks during this winning streak, the best. Points per game have allowed 31 total points over the last three years. They're the number one team in points per game over the last three uh, games. Um, the number one team on third down. The Colts didn't complete a single third down conversion. 0 for 10. So many failed third down conversions. They had to attempt four fourth down conversions just to you know, stay afloat in this game. But overall, those last three weeks, we are have only given up six third down conversions out of 32 attempts. That's 21.4% conversion rate uh the best in the in the league and so you're not giving up a lot of points you're stopping people on money downs you're, you're going to be in a lot of games with that and we are going to be blowing teams out if this offense can do what it was doing at the beginning of the year putting up 40 plus points all right uh let's go ahead and move on to this rams game uh this rams game was a sunday night Might football well. game that ended up getting flexed out because the rams are atrocious uh, just because the Rams are atrocious doesn't mean that they do not have playmakers. Um, they did lose Matthew Stafford to IR. Allen Iver- uh, Iverson. Allen Robinson's on IR. Um, they wide receiver. Uh, Cooper Cup is on IR. Uh, Aaron Donald is doubtful for this game. Um, Jordan Fuller's on IR. This team is really injured, which is probably why they're as bad as they are especially because their offense really ran through Cooper Cup. And when you they lost Cooper Cup, that's when their issues really yeah. started to happen, even before Matthew Stafford went out. And since Matthew Stafford has gone out, it's been Baker Mayfield, and Baker Mayfield has played really well uh, to the point where he's probably going to find himself a team to start for next season. He's completing 69% of his passes since joining the Rams. Could potentially be the heir apparent to Matthew Stafford if Matthew Stafford's not back next season. Matthew Stafford has been dealing with a lot of injuries throughout his career, but they seem to be really piling up over the last, you know, two years. Yeah. Um, two or three years. Uh, I know he's got this like shoulder lingering shoulder injury. Um, Baker Mayfield's come in and he may be playing himself into a starting role next season. If the Rams decide that Matthew Stafford just is too unreliable with the injuries, um, and Baker's playing for – he's got something to play for. He's got – he's averaging just, you know, 200 yards a game without any star wide receivers for them right now. Cooper Cup's still leading the team in targets and yards with 812 in receptions. Crazy. And he's only played nine games. So that tells you everything you need to know about the Rams right now is without Allen Robinson, without – um Cooper Cup or um, Odell Beckham, this offense is totally, totally different. 
they've been leaning a lot more on the run game these last couple of weeks, ever since this issue with Cam Akers seemed to have seemed to have turned the corner. Uh, he's got 148 attempts for 559 yards, nothing special by any means. This offense is really what's dragging down this entire team. Yeah, this is well, and we we all know as Charger fans what it's like to not be at full strength. But this is kind of ridiculous. One, two, 16 guys for the Rams on IR. That is a that is a squad and a half. You've got 11 people out there. That is a lot of guys not being able to play. And you're talking about your best offensive player in Cooper Cup. Probably one of your most important players on the roster at Matthew Stafford. Yeah, that's why you don't, when you have a really deep group, that's why you don't let people like Robert Woods go. Like, I, I get that they he was coming off a, an injury, um, but how they would love to have a guy like Robert Woods back. Um, but now I'm looking at just the, the injury report. He had, Chargers had three guys who were limited. The other two guys are full participants. And they got another eight guys on their on their injury report, and most of them didn't play or were limited. So they are banged up right now. Um, but that's why you build. That's why you build a really deep team. You hear it all every all the time. You got you know the next man up mentality, um, and that's what we're building here. in with with the Chargers, that's kind of what the Rams have been. Um, on this dominant run that they've had over in the NFC West for the last couple of seasons, uh, it's starting to pile up though, because you got old bodies, you don't have enough young replacements, enough guys to take over the reins. Um, and they're in a kind of a scary position because who knows where this team's going to go um, next year. One of those guys on that injury report is Aaron Donald, who's nursing an ankle injury. hasn't practiced yet this week. Yeah. hasn't practiced this week. And you look at like injuries that they've had, uh, David Edwards, their starting left guard, was is on IR. Rob Havenstein lost like most of this uh, season. Um, their left tackle, who was their left tackle before Ty Nishki or whatever his name is, um, was it Bobby uh, Evans? No, they maybe it's not, I'm not on sure. here. It's not on here right now. But I mean, they're they're banged up. Aaron uh, Brian Allen, their starting center, who's probably one of the better centers in the NFL. He hasn't practiced. Tyler Higby was a uh, limited participant. He's got an elbow injury. Um, John Wolford, a backup quarterback, is on the injury report. How did that happen? Uh, Leonard Florian, Greg Gangs also didn't practice. That's in addition to all the players that they have on IR. And I think you're starting to see the way that they decided to build their roster, not having those draft picks it's kind of hurting their their ability to build depth behind some of their star key players. They, they've always been a top-heavy team, and they've really relied on the health of having a top-heavy team, and this season it worked against them. Uh, for the Chargers, it's Austin Eckler, limited participant, Xander Horvath, Derwin James, Sebastian Joseph Day, and Trey Pipkins. Um, two, like you said, two of them were a full participant. That was Sebastian Joseph Day and Trey Pipkins, and then Austin Eckler, Xander Horvath and Derman James are limited participants. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if DJ didn't play this game, just knowing Brandon Staley's uh, conservativeness when it comes to injury, especially with the concussion. So we'll see how that ends up playing out. 
Um, that and I, I don't even mind if we just have Joey take two full weeks of practice before putting him in the game on a limited snap count. Um, now I'd love to see him if if he's healthy and he's good to go, then I'm I'm all for it. I mean, I was looking at the the, the practice footage and he looks springy. He looked explosive. So if he's good to go, let him go. But I wouldn't even be surprised if we can see Joey not even suit up in this game because uh, he's still not even activated officially yet. He's back at practice, um, but they haven't elevated him to, to the official roster yet. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets two full weeks of practice just to get his legs underneath him um, before giving him game reps. But that that is just, I think, something to think about. Uh, don't get too excited for Joey Bosa until you see him suit up. So he did practice three start like ESPN reported. He returned to practice three days ago uh, and he reported, I'm feeling better than I have in years. And that, that was on NBC sports or pro football talk. Um, and they're saying that he's felt really, really good all week. Best he's felt in a long time. So uh, we'll see how much he actually plays. I think that they are going to activate him. Uh, if not, if for anything, just to have him on the, the field, right, sure. to, to get a couple of those snaps. Uh, I don't expect him to play a whole lot because he, he tore his groin. Like, that's a pretty significant injury. And why are you going to bring him back that that quickly, right? Groin and he, they, he had another, I want to say like an abdomen surgery as well. He had a couple surgeries. Um it was something that, or maybe it was his back, something that he was dealing with for a while that he kind of just was ignoring. So that was part of the reason why it took him so long to get back. It was a, it was a couple of surgeries that he had. So, uh, just trying to find his injury his history. Core. It was a core surgery. So, I'm, I'm gonna look it up. Uh, I just wanted to get your thoughts while I'm looking this up. Uh, what are you most afraid of when it comes to this Rams team right now? I think the the most the the scary thing here is they have nothing to lose, right? Their season's over. Now, I think this means something to them. This is going to be their Super Bowl. It's in home. It's it's L. It's the battle for LA. Yeah, they are the away team, but in their eyes, you know, they bought the stadium. They are the only ones to hang a Super Bowl banner in there. Um, they did it in SoFi itself. So I think there's a lot of pride on the line. And the fact that they are banged up, that they aren't being expected to win this game, that they're favored, they're they're that the Chargers are favored across the board, whether it's ESPN or Vegas metrics, like whatever you're looking at, Chargers are supposed to win this game. That is always the scariest football team. Um, so I, I think you're going to see these Rams come out on top of that. You got Sean McVay, who is a very, very good coach. I, I know Staley has learned a lot from him. I don't think he's on Sean McVay's level quite yet. Maybe he could get there. He's not there yet. Um, and so that all of that scares me. You also got guys like Cam Akers and Kyron Williams who are running the ball very well as of late. Behind you know how much I love Kyron Williams. Oh, Kyron's nice. And I mean, they got a nice one-two punch going on right now with uh, number three and number 23. And um, I think, you know, they have no expectations. And this is the last important game to them. They don't want our, what they deem. They probably look at us as, you know, the, the younger brother, if not the young cousin. Um but they, they want to win this football game, and I think that's what scares me, is that they just have no expectations coming into it. They have nothing to lose. Outside. They can't even 
Uh-uh. They can't even like sync for draft pick because they don't own it. So it's over. So they it have nothing, nothing to them. Nothing to lose. Absolutely nothing to lose. And what I'm afraid of is they still have Bobby Wagner and Jalen Ramsey. Aaron Donald sure. probably doubtful to play, but they still have the best cornerback of the last, you know, five years and the best linebacker of the best ten years. So they're still dangerous, right? Yeah. Um they also have Nickelback. They have a, a, I just think it's such a funny name, but Kobe Durant is such a funny name to me. And he's been playing decent, but he, he's he's a rookie. I, I just think he has a funny name. I mean, they, they have some players. They, they still have, defensively, they have a lot of weapons. Leonard Floyd just came off a 10-sack season, right? Uh, Troy Hill was a pro bowler as a slot corner. Yeah. Um, and he's playing outside right now. I think Kobe Durant's playing in the slot. Uh, yeah. Taylor Rapp and Nick Scott. Nick Scott's a rookie, but a really, really good rookie out of, I want to say, was it Penn State that he played at? Who, who are you looking at? Nick Scott. Mm. Yeah, he's a, a Penn State uh, player uh, who's drafted in 2019 the seventh round and has actually played really well. And they have a, a knack for finding safeties. I don't know what it is. But overall, this team is a lot more dangerous than people are going to give them credit for defensively. Offensively, I think they just lack the weapons right now. Um, Their top two wide receivers are on IR, and they traded – did they trade for Van – no, they drafted Van Jefferson. And then 2-2 Atwell is a small 5-8 speedy guy, but hasn't really – he was a third-round draft pick a couple seasons ago. Uh, they just lack talent on the offensive side of the ball to be any sort of a threat. Yeah. I'm looking for, I'm really just looking to I think they went out and they got. They have Van Jefferson, Tutu Atwell, and Brandon Powell as their starting wide receivers. Yeah, right now. They, I was they had traded for Allen Robinson, but he's also on IR. Yeah, Allen Iverson, uh, Robinson was the, the guy I was thinking of. Robertson. And I really like their running backs. Cam Akers and Kyron Williams could be a formidable duo. And if they really lean on that run game, I don't think they have the offensive line to really open up those rushing lanes to be that much of a threat. But I think that they can churn out against a weak Chargers run defense. They can churn out yards there. i just not necessarily sure that they have the offensive line to really do it. Well, and another thing I think might be interesting to take a look at I think Aloe Gilman has been playing phenomenally in the absence of just uh, of Derwin James. So if Derwin James is not going to go, uh, watching that Tyler Higby against uh, Gilman matchup might be interesting as well because Tyler Higby is probably one of the best Rams ends that Sean McVay's had his at his disposal. He's 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 a legit player just coming into his prime. Um, so another guy you got to watch out for. Mike, I'm curious though. How many targets is Mike Williams going to get if Jalen Ramsey is lined up against him? That's not a matchup that goes into the Chargers. Oh, I think very. I'm not throwing. I'm not throwing any if I don't have to. <laughs> um, that this is. I I don't like that matchup at all, and I think Jalen is having one of his. It's funny because you 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 don't you can't say one of his worst years, but it is one of his worst years, and he's still performing admirably, especially given, you know, the, the lack of, of superstars around him. 
Um, but he's having a, a down year in, in his Hall of Fame pedigree type of, uh, of the, the player that he is. He's having an off year. Um, but still, I'm not testing it. It's something like you, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to poke the bull. Um, and that guy, he could be down 30 points and he's still going to be jabbing away. Um, he is a, an ultra competitor. Um, and so that's, that's a matchup that I am avoiding like the plague and, until I have to, to go after it. Cause it, yeah, you, you have other I mean, options right now with their depleted secondary. You got other guys. I think this might be a, a better, uh, another Josh Paul, a potential Josh Palmer breakout game. Um, just cause I don't think they have a whole lot of depth at, at that, at the cornerback position. They don't. Jalen Ramsey is still PFF's fifth highest graded corner this season. He's, a he's given up seven touchdowns, right? So he's while he's been limiting stuff in front of him, he's allowing a reception on 64% of his targets. Uh, he is letting touchdowns get behind him at seven. That's nobody in the top 20 has anything close to that. <laughs> Well, yeah, it's one of those like boomer bust type of players, right? He's either knocking it to the turf, intercepting it, or giving up a touchdown. At this point, uh, it'll it'll be interesting. This will be this will be one of those. Uh, yeah, this is not going to be a relaxing Sunday. I don't think um, this is going to be a an ugly. I think it's going to be an ugly football game with with the way our offense is playing, with the way that this defense has known to be the potential that this defense has and that fact that they haven't played up to it yet. Um, that's all scary. Uh, Joe Lombardi should be getting his best playbook out and get it going now so we can build some momentum towards the playoffs. So, I, I'm so sick of waiting till the second quarter to run a rollout. Um, get Justin Herbert out of the pocket, alleviate the pressure off of him, his receivers and that struggling offensive line. And let's put some points up. I, I need to see at least 35 points in this game. This is a, a, a an important game to start getting um, fixing the issues that we have, right? Our red yeah. zone offense and terrible. We got to figure it out right now. Yeah. So I, I think this is an important game to start really fixing issues before we get to the playoffs and games start to matter again. So any closing remarks? This is the last home game. Uh, last game I'll be going to this season. Because I'm game. probably not going to be afford any playoff tickets if the Chargers do end up even getting one. So All last home is, game, uh, yeah, enjoy it, Charger fans. Show up. Let's uh, get Thunder Alley rocking um, and and save all the fighting and the infighting for uh, Rams fans. It's not it's not a thing we like to participate in. Watch all the Rams fans get drunk and fight themselves. Let's get a dub. Let's get some. Let's get healthy. And let's build some momentum for this playoff run that's about to happen. I'm excited. All right. I'll talk to you guys later. Over and out.